Good morning to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad about it. I know that all across this nation we are sheltering in place, but the good news is that wherever we are, God is with us. For I heard the psalmist declare, whether we ascend into heaven, behold, you are there. If we make our bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If we take the wings of the morning and dwell to the uttermost parts of the sea, even there his right hand shall hold me. I thank God that wherever we are, God is with us also. And so we greet you this morning in the matchless and the mighty name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ, who is our King. God bless you and God keep you. Listen, go ahead and let your neighbors and your friends know that you're watching us here on K Chapel. We're here by way of YouTube, Facebook, Sermon.net, any kind of way that's convenient to connect with us, you can connect with us right now. And so let your neighbors know that we are on live right now. So good to have you with us this morning. We're going to worship and praise the Lord in spirit and in truth. Listen, put your coffee down, put your hands up, and let's just worship the Lord for the God, the great God that he is. Amen. Listen, won't you say a word of prayer with me this morning? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we bless you this morning for being the awesome God that you are. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning. Thank you, O oh God, for clothing us in our right minds. Thank you, Father, for never leaving us nor forsaking us. And through all of these things, you're still worthy to be praised. And so God, we pray now that you come into this sanctuary, come into the sanctuary of our hearts and our homes and have your way, O oh God. Speak your word from heaven, O oh Lord. Let us worship you in spirit and truth. Let there be no hindrance to our hallelujahs, no problems with our praise, O oh God. Let us worship you for the God that you are. We love you. And we adore you, and we feel like praising you this morning. In Jesus' name, and for his sake we pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's praise him together, y'all.
morning. The scripture for the morning will come from John, the 12th chapter. I'll begin reading at verse 12. We'll go through verse 12 through verse 16, and it reads as follows. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, and it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him, and that they had done these things to him. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers and hearers of his holy and inspired word. Let us pray. O oh God, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We come this morning, Father, beseeching thy throne of grace. Father, you said we could come, and we thank you boldly for that privilege. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the world and everything therein, from everlasting to everlasting, thy God. Beside you, there is no other. Father, we come this morning because you said we could come. You said that men should always pray and not faint. Father, we come this morning, and also in your word, you said, Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Well, Father, we come this morning asking, we come seeking, and we come knocking, knowing that you hold all power in your hands. Father, through this pandemic, we're encouraged to look to the hills with coming to all our help. Father, you've done it before, and you'll do it again, so we thank you for putting the hedge of protection around our families. Father, I'm especially prayerful for the respiratory therapists, the nurses, and the physician, other health care providers who are working tirelessly uh, with the skills you equip them, Father, in facing this very challenging time, Father. Keep them encouraged. Keep them safe, Father. Lastly, you know, as we're all in that constant mode of reflection, we're thankful for the message that you've sent through our pastor, that although we may be here in an empty building he's not speaking to an empty church and how that we should get our houses in order and and get ready to be now the Christians that you ordained us to be father lastly father we thank you for everything you've done and everything you're doing these are other blessings we ask in your son Jesus name amen 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 let the church say amen 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 god bless you thank you so much deacon Duvall, for being with us on this morning we thank god uh, that he is a prayer hearing and prayer answering god god is still on the throne y'all and he is hearing our prayers and i'm thankful that you are a praying church here's how i know that you are a praying church i got word this morning that reverend powell is doing much better we thank god for that we ought to give god praise for that i spoke with him on friday uh, afternoon and he did sound indeed stronger uh, he's making good strides and so we want you to continue to pray for him uh, that he will continue to be strengthened that his faith 
will continue to be uplifted. And also keep Bridget in your, in your prayers as well and the entire Powell family as they continue to go through this but not going along, knowing that God is with them, and so are we as a church family. Keep them in your prayers. Also, we want to thank you for joining us, continuing to join us on Wednesday nights for our online Bible study. That can continues to grow in numbers uh, as we continue to work with the technology to get it just right. Y'all keep working with us. Keep being patient with us. We're getting there. We're getting there. And so there are going to be some phenomenal, fantastic things uh, that, that are going to take place as we as we continue to build out our, our online presence. You just keep praying for us and praying with us and keep studying with us as we go through the word of God together. Again, you can join us by way of Facebook, YouTube, Sermon.net, or on the church app in order to join us for our Bible study. That's each and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Also, listen, we want you to know uh, that, yes, as we are under a stay-home uh, order or a shelter-in-place uh, order by both our mayor and our governor, uh, we want to do our part. We want to make sure that we're doing uh, that which is being recommended to us by uh, not, not only our governmental officials but our, our health care uh, experts uh, who are telling us what we can do to help flatten the curve. Let's make sure that we're abiding by those things. Let's wash our hands. Uh, let's continue to uh, wear those masks, uh, something that was uh, recommended earlier this week. Uh, and let's make sure that we stay at home. If you don't have to get out, stay at home. If you don't have to make those runs, and a lot of those runs we recognize we don't just have to do, let's stay at home and do our part. And you're saying, well, Reverend, I've been home. I'm staying home. Well, let me ask you, have you done this? Have you filled out your census since you're home? Have you completed that census? I know, I know you can go online right now, fill out that census, make sure you get that done. Why? Because when all of this is over, hear me, when all of this is over, we're going to need those numbers. The government is going to look at those numbers and lots of things are still going to be determined by those numbers. So make sure you fill out your census. Make sure you go online this week if you haven't done so already. Make sure you get that done so that we are counted. Yesterday, last night, I started something just out of fun. I thought uh, it would be fun to do it and I see a great response is happening. I started something that I call Saturday Night Archival Praise. Saturday Night Archival archival praise. The acronym for that is SNAP. And what I did was I just pulled some old footage from some of our uh, previous uh, worship services here at K Chapel, uh, some praise and worship, some of the MIME team, and what a great response uh, that has been. And so I'm thinking maybe every Saturday night we might just uh, do, a, do a look back at some of the archives, pull some of the old footage, and let you see some of the faces since we can't see each other, since we can't be in this place. We'll do that and put things up periodically on Saturday nights. Saturday nights at 7 p.m. That's going to be our Saturday night archival praise. Uh, you'll get to see some of the old footage, some of the old preaching, some of the whole old praise team and, and choirs uh, because we have some good praise and worship here at K Chapel. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. We're going to get ready now for our offering. We want you to uh, prepare to give now. We know that we're not here in the building, but you do have the ab availability to be able to give uh, by way of app or by way of texting. Uh, you should see a number at the bottom of your screen that you can text uh, to give uh, in the way that you can give uh, or what you can give, rather. We also want you to remember that we are still receiving mail, so you can mail your tithes here to the church as well. Whatever, However you can give, we 
want you to do that. Don't give up on your giving right now. Amen. We still, listen to me and hear me well, we still want to be a blessing to our staff here at the church. I've already, and, and we've met with our finance team. We want to keep, we don't, listen, hear me real good. We don't want to put anybody, lay anybody off during this time. That's something that we are, we, we've prayed about. We've asked God to help us not do that. And you can help us not do that uh, by give, continuing to give in your tithes. We don't want to make any cuts uh, where we don't have to. So help us do that uh, by continuing to give in your tithes and in your offerings. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer.
and let us pray eternal God our Father how grateful how thankful we are for these gifts that have been received we thank you Lord for reminding us that if we are not willing to suffer with you we are not willing to reign with you so God we ask now your blessings upon the givers and the gifts we ask oh God that you use them to multiply them to be, bring health healing and wholeness to your people heal us and heal your land. We ask it in Jesus' name. For his sake we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, listen, you, you, you might think, you might think that we have all of our musicians and staff here, but, but let me let you know, uh, all that you see in terms of music, that was actually pre-recorded. The staff came in on yesterday uh, and recorded that on yesterday, so there's nobody on the instruments. There are no singers here. Uh, there's just me. Uh, Deacon Duvall, uh, Shannon is in the booth, and Mike's in his booth, and, and the four of us are having church in here together with this pre-recorded music as well. And so we want to thank, I want to thank all of those who came out on yesterday, our staff, our singers, uh, to make sure that we had music service for this morning as well. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. We're going to get one more selection uh, from them before the word this morning. God bless you.
Somebody bless the Lord in this house. Amen. Bless the Lord in your house. Amen. Master, don't move our mountains, but give us strength to climb, strength to climb, strength to climb. We pray for strength for those who are serving on the front lines right now. We pray for strength for our teachers, for our administrators. We pray for strength uh, for those uh, truck drivers who are making sure that supplies get to us from all around the world across this country we pray for strength uh, for those who are in the health care field who are providing health care for our neighbors for our friends for those who are sick and this morning we want to take time and do just that in the month of april oftentimes it has been our tradition the last few years that we uh, give tribute to uh, volunteers this morning, we want to recognize those who not necessarily volunteering, but certainly serving in a, in a way that, that, that goes above and beyond even the call of duty. Uh, we thank God this morning for our health care uh, providers, those who are on the front lines of this pandemic. And we thank God for our program committee who thought it uh, wise to honor them this morning with the Armor of God Award. And we want to recognize those who are in our family, the K Chapel family, who are a part of that fight. Uh, those persons are as follows. Leslie Ball, Loretta Buckley, Cynthia Buchanan, Driscoll Duvall, Rose Franklin, Shannon Moore, Francis Moody, Rhonda Larry, Jasmine Mitchell, Louise, Lois Moore, Daniel Oliver, Danielle Oliver, Felisa Simpson, Sheila Sampson, Tamika Stuckey, Ariel Wright, Loretta Jackson-Williams, Demetrius Young, Gloria Young, Barbara Taps, Kimberly Moody-Wade, Ivy Wicks, Linda Assard. We thank God for all of you. And if perhaps there are some whose names we missed, we thank God for you as well. And on behalf of all of you, we thought it wise to have our own Deacon Driscoll Duvall here with us, 
who is a part of the uh, UMMC team, uh, the director of the respiratory uh, therapy section, uh, respiratory therapy department at UMMC. And on behalf of all of our healthcare workers, we want to salute you and we pray that you accept this award on their behalf. God bless you and God keep you, Deacon Duvall. And to all of our healthcare workers, we salute you and we thank God for you and we continue to pray for you that you would go in this wearing the full armor of God. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you now to the book of John, John chapter 12, read earlier in your hearing. Uh, John chapter 12 from the New King James Version, uh, beginning with verse 12. There you will find these words recorded. The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it. As it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I want to talk from the subject this morning, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Now, interestingly enough, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, uh, Brother Johnson, if you can hear me, we're in a building all by ourselves, but the air is running and it's on my head. Yes, and if this stays on my head, my voice is going to go out. So, Brother Johnson, if you don't mind, get that air off of my head for me if you don't mind. God bless you. God give you. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. It's amazing. It's amazing, really, how easily and how quickly the attention of the public can be shifted. One day our nation is abuzz talking about the impeachment of a president and the next day we're consumed with the spread of a pandemic. One day we're consumed with who's going to win the Democratic nominee for president and the next not even a mention of either the campaign or the candidates. Just like that, things that we had on the front burner have been shifted to the black back burner and shown to have less importance than we give them. The church is no different. One day we're trying to figure out how to get our financial breakthrough and the next day we need to hear a word from the Lord about him being the one who heals all our diseases. We go from seeking the blessings that come from the hands of God to running for, for cover under God's hands. We've stopped trying to figure out if Kanye was saved or not. We've stopped debating if churches should host his choir. We aren't arguing about the appropriation of gospel music in the secular world anymore. Nobody's concerned about any of that right now. None of that even matters, which ought to in some way remind us that we oftentimes fight about the wrong stuff. 
We oftentimes make issues out of things that in the big scheme of things don't really matter. We spend way too much time fighting with ourselves over things that are ultimately insignificant rather than fighting against the real enemy. And my brothers and sisters, perhaps this can become a defining moment when the church decides what's really important for us to fight about. What issues are really important for us to press? What questions are really important for us to answer? What problems are really critical for us to solve? Because too often we get distracted by our denominational differences and distinctions that we lose sight of what's really most important. We fall out over smaller issues of the Bible and end up creating new fellowships and new conferences and new conventions and new associations, new denominations because I believe one thing and you believe another when neither of them has anything to do with the salvation of the soul or the edification of humanity. And we're fighting the wrong fights with while people's lives are being killed and souls are being lost. We, we fight over gifts of the Spirit. We fight over who has the Holy Ghost and who doesn't. We we fight over the signs of the Holy Ghost. We fight over women in ministry. We fight over musical instruments in the church. We fight over what kinds of clothes you ought to wear in the church. We fight over who should sit where and stand where in the church. We, are, we fight over if we should sit or stand for the reading of God's word. We fight over who should administer communion. We, we fight over all kinds of things and we've lost sight of what the real fight really is. The church is fighting over the wrong things. If, if we're going to fight over something, then as the body of Christ, we ought to be fighting for the spread of the gospel. We ought to be fighting to show the love of God. We ought to be fighting to lift up the least of those among us. We ought to be fighting to end the plagues of social, economic, and health disparities that exist among us. We ought to be fighting to save the lives of young black men who kill each other daily and have only stopped in recent weeks because of social distancing and a stay-at-home decree. We should be fighting to feed the hungry, fighting to clothe the naked, fighting to visit prisoners and set the captives free. If we're going to fight, let's stop fighting over small things that divide us and come together as the body of Christ and fight the right fight. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the power that the church would have if we decided to fight together? If I wasn't so concerned about how you worship and what you wear and who preaches in your pulpit, but we all gathered under the same banner that Jesus is king, if we all just concentrated our efforts under the understanding that Jesus is king, if we put down our differences for the sake of lifting up the belief that Jesus is king, Augustine is attributed with this quote in the essentials unity in non-essentials liberty in all things charity listen to that again in the essentials unity in non-essentials liberty in all things charity which is to say that in essential matters we ought to be unified what's an essential matter Jesus being the son of God that's essential we ought to be unified on that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of mankind that's essential we ought to be unified on that Jesus being risen from the dead that's essential we ought to be unified on that how do you know that's essential Reverend because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved but in the non-essentials Augustine said the church ought to practice liberty. Listen to that. 
The church ought to practice liberty. That is to say that if it doesn't have to do with the salvation of man's soul, then we shouldn't fight about things that have no eternal implications. There are more important things for the church to be fighting about and fighting for than tongues or no tongues, women preachers or no women preachers, jeans or suits. These are the things that the church must practice liberty on where I give you the space and the grace to believe what you will without casting judgment upon you as long as you believe the essentials. But I like how he ended that saying. He said, in all things, charity. In other words, whatever, whatever we believe on the spectrum of belief, that we ought not differ so much that it causes us to fall out with one another. However we differ in our understandings and in our interpretations, we ought to still love one another. We ought to still be able to work together. We, we, we're not going to stop loving one another because of a difference of opinion. In all things, charity. And don't tell me it can't happen. Because in a sense, it's happening right now. Think about it. We are not focusing on the non-essential things right now. We're thinking about and making plans around what's essential right now. As a nation, things that we're spending our time fighting about and worrying about, that stuff isn't really even on our minds. Our prayers have shifted. Our prayers have, in fact, changed. A lot of us have stopped praying for more stuff and simply started asking for God to keep his hedge around us. Nobody's praying for material things to manifest. Nobody's asking God for a house and a car right now. Nobody's asking God to open up a job. Nobody's asking God. All we're saying is, Lord, keep us safe. Which means that in the right situation and with the right motivation, we can have the right concentration. And this morning, if there's any joy that can be taken in and through this, it is in the fact that this pandemic came to this country at a time on the calendar when we as the body of Christ would be concentrating on the fact that Jesus is king. Jesus is king. What, what, what better perfect timing if we're going to have to deal with a pandemic? What better perfect timing to deal with it than to have to be reminded of the fact, <laughs> I feel good right here, that Jesus is king. That's what Palm Sunday is all about. Jesus making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, riding on the back of a donkey. There, there on either side of him are Jewish people who are waving palm branches and throwing their coats and their cloaks upon the ground before him. It's a makeshift parade where they exclaim, Hosanna! Hosanna. Hosanna is lifted up from the voices of those who have been under Roman oppression. Their cries, hear me, are not cries of celebration, however. These are cries born out of depression, born out of desperation, born out of oppression. They're, they were cries that emerged from the context of being subjugated to the occupation of a foreign power. And so declaring Hosanna was a shout of joy, it was a shout of despair. It was not a shout of joy. It was rather a shout of despair. Lord, save us. Save us from this political power that has held us 
hostage. Hosanna, Lord, save us from Caesar. Lord, Hosanna, Lord, save us from this military force that has overtaken our nation. Hosanna, Lord, save us from this political power that has stripped us of our nationhood. They were ready to declare Jesus as king. Watch this, not for spiritual reasons, but rather for political ones. Somehow, they overlooked the fact that this man that they were ready to call king came riding in on a donkey. <laughs> and Driscoll, that really should have tipped them off to say that there was something different about this king. Who does that? What king rides a donkey? He was not coming in on a stallion, but rather on a donkey, not a war horse, but a beast of burden, not a high horse, but a lowly colt. But so desperate were they for a conquering king that they missed that his kingship was not of this earth. And if you're not careful, you can be so caught up in what you want that you miss what's obvious in front of you. I wish I had a witness in here. You, you, you can be so caught up in what you want and what you think you need that you can miss what you're seeing right in front of you. you. You want a husband so badly that you miss the fact that he's not even a man. You want a wife so much that you miss the obvious that you took her out of the club, but the club is still in her. You want things so badly that you miss the obvious. Somebody ought to type amen right there. You love so much the idea that you love being in love that you miss the obvious that the person you're in love with doesn't really love you. You miss the obvious. They were ready, so ready for a king that they missed the fact that he came riding on a donkey. Some of us are so wrapped up in the fact that we're not meeting in the church buildings that we miss what the church is actually doing, where the church is actually going, and how the church is actually growing. We're so focused on the fact that we're not sitting in our regular seats that we miss how many more people are sitting in worship with us this morning. There is the obvious spread of the gospel that some of us cannot celebrate because we're focusing on how long we're going to be out of our building. But Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Jesus is king, y'all, but, but he was a different kind of king. He was a king, first of all, who was born in humility. He was a king who was born in humility. A great paradox surrounds the birth of Christ, for when he was born, no other child has entered the world with angels singing a heaven's soundtrack. No other child has come with stars pointing the way to his birthplace. No other child has entered the world with such glorious fanfare from earth and heaven. It was an entrance worthy of a king. But the paradox is that though the entrance was worthy of the king, here he was being born into poverty, wrapped in swaddling clothes, did not have a proper crib, but rather an animal's feeding trough. He wasn't born in a palace, but rather into poverty. This king was born and grew up in humility. His father was a tradesman. His mother was a keeper of the house. He grew up in humility. This king whose birth was heralded by heavenly angels grew up in poverty and humility, but his poverty did not diminish his power. I'm going somewhere. His poverty did not diminish his power. The context of his birth did not limit the 
extent of his reign. I need to tell somebody it does not matter where you came from if you know where you are, if you know who you are. Don't let the context limit where you're going. He grew up in humility, but that did not keep him from being the king who he was born to be. Jesus' birth as an humble king in no way diminishes the fact that he was king of kings. Some people think that they have to be the biggest, the loudest, the most visible to be important, but I'm glad that Jesus showed us how to be humble. and He taught us something about his kingdom saying the first shall be last. The last shall be first. That's, that, that's how it operates in his kingdom. We, we, we want everything for ourselves and, and, and we want to be the first in line. But he said in this kingdom, unless you become like one of these children and humble yourself, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He, he taught us about his kingdom saying, he who wants to be great in my kingdom must first become a servant. He taught about humility in the kingdom saying, if someone invites you to a feast, don't take the good seat. <laughs> Don't, don't go up front because you think you're supposed to be there. I wish I had a witness in here. But, but, but sit in the back, and if, and if they want you up front, somebody needs to hear this, they'll invite you. Good God Almighty. If, if, if you need to be up front because of who you are, you'll get the seat that you're supposed to get. I wish I had a witness in this house. He said, he said in the kingdom, in the kingdom things are different than they are in secular kingdoms. His kingdom is not of this earth, and he taught from a different place saying, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hate you, do good for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? Because his kingdom is not of this earth. He was a king who was born in humility, and through his living and ministry, he taught his disciples the truth that God resists the proud but gives more grace to the humble. So he was born, a king born in humility. Jesus is king, but he was a different kind of king. Not only was he born in humility, but he was crowned in agony. He was crowned in agony. It was a few days after this great parade, this great processional of palm branches being waved and coats and cloaks being strewn before this beast of burden. After they have cried and decried, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord, they crowned him. But it was not a crown of gold. It was a crown of thorns. It was not a crown of honor. It was a crown of dishonor. For their cheers from earlier in the week turned into jeers by Friday. Sunday, they praised him. Friday, they cried, crucify him. When, watch this, when he was not the king they wanted him to be, <laughs> that's when they turned on him. When he did not fight against Rome, that's when they turned on him. When they understood that his interests were not political but rather spiritual, that's when they turned on him. And you got to be careful about people who are cheering you on and singing your praises and patting you on the back. Don't, you don't always know what's behind the cheers and the applause. And I've lived long enough to know that every pat on the back is not from a place of commitment. Some come from a place of convenience. 
It's convenient to support you now. It's convenient to be seen with you now. It's convenient for me to look like I'm on your side now. But, but if I find out you're not really following my agenda or my plans, I'll surely disassociate myself with you. Amen, somebody. They found out that Jesus was not coming to destroy Rome, and their cheers turned into jeers. And they crowned him with a crown made of thorns. They pushed that crown of briars upon his head until it drew blood, making a mockery of him because he was a different kind of king, a king who took our punishment for us, a king who was despised and shamed for us, a king who suffered for our sins. Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That, my brothers and sisters, that's what we can celebrate because he is a king who was raised in glory. I know, I know, I know it's Palm Sunday and I can't give it all away right now, Shannon, and I'm not going to give it all away because I need you to come back next Sunday, but I do need you to know that, give you a preview that this king did not go out defeated. This king, though crowned with thorns, did, did not finish in shame. This king was raised in glory after they mocked him, after they beat him, after they whipped him. He was raised in glory after they stripped him of his clothes, after they marched him up Golgotha's hill, after they made him carry a cross. He was raised in glory after they nailed his hands, after they nailed his feet, after they speared him in the side. He was raised in glory after they hung him for hour after hour hour and he cried out to God my God my God why has thou forsaken me and he dropped his head into the locks of his shoulders after he died after they took him down after they placed him in a borrowed tomb after he stayed there Friday night Saturday Saturday night he rose again in glory because Jesus is king that great preacher S.M. Lockridge wrote about Jesus being king he said, he said it in this way, he's the wellspring of wisdom, he's the doorway of deliverance, he's the pathway of peace, he's the roadway of righteousness, he's the highway of holiness, he's the gateway of glory. This is what Locke, Lockridge said, he's the master of the mighty, he's the captain of the conquerors, he's the head of the heroes, he's the leader of the legislators, he's the overseer of the overcomers, he's the governor of governors, he's the prince of princes, he's the king of kings, of lord of lords, that's my king. Lockridge said his office is manifold, his promises are sure, his light is matchless, his goodness is limitless, his mercy is everlasting, his love never changes, his word is enough, his grace is sufficient, his reign is righteous his yoke is easy his burden is light that's what Lockridge said heavens can't contain him man can't explain him you can't outlive him and you can't live without him the Pharisees can't stand couldn't stand him but they could not stop him Pilate couldn't find any fault in him the witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree about him Herod couldn't kill him death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him that's my king now that's what Lockridge said but here's what I say He's the beat of my heart. He's the answer to my questions. 
He's the solution of all my problems. He's the algorithm that runs my life's operations. That's my king. He wakes me with his sunshine. He quiets me with his nighttime. He's the lifter of my head. He's the dryer of my tears, the sustainer of my life. He's the supplier of my needs, the comforter of my fears, the consoler of my hurts. He's the author of my face, the finisher of my hope, the center of my joy. That's my king. He helps me when I'm hurt. He lifts me when I'm down. He visits me when I'm lonely. He talks with me when I call him. That's my king. He's bigger than the biggest, greater than the greatest, badder than the baddest, stronger than the strongest. He's wiser than the wisest, higher than the highest. That's my king. That's who my king is. But the question now is, is he your king? Is he your king? Jesus is king. But have you made him king? I'm talking to you now. Come here, come close. I'm talking right to you. Have you made Jesus king of your life? Yes, you can read about him in scripture being king of kings and being lord of lords. But it means nothing personally if he's not your king. Is he your king? Is he king of your life? Is he king of your home? Is he king of everything that he's given to you? Make Jesus king. And if you haven't done that, I want to invite you this morning to do just that, to make Jesus king. The invitation is extended to you right now. And this is all you have to do. It's, it's no big thing. And I'm, I'm actually glad right now that you're not in the church building because it just proves that wherever you are, you can make him king. He's not confined by buildings, by brick, by mortar. Wherever you are, he can become king right now. Here's what you do. Confess it with your heart, mouth. Believe it in your heart, and you will be saved. Pray this prayer with me, beloved. Eternal God, I thank you this morning for the gift of salvation. And right now, by faith, I accept Jesus as Lord of my life. He is King of kings, Lord of lords. And I believe right now that he died on a cross for my sins. I believe that he rose again from the dead. And right now I invite him into my heart. Be my savior. Be my redeemer. Be my king. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, welcome to salvation. Welcome to the body of Christ. If you prayed that prayer, salvation is a gift that's been given to you right now. And you don't have to feel anything. It's a fact. Salvation is never a feeling. It's a fact. It's a fact that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you have been saved. So welcome to the body of Christ. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to call the number that's at the bottom of your screen. There's going to be somebody waiting for you. They've already really been praying for you and now they're waiting for you to call them because they're going to pray with you again and then they're going to give you new next steps to take that you will grow in your faith. If you want to join K Chapel, if this, if this church has been ministering to you, not just, uh, not just 
now, but even before now. There have been many of you, and I've seen you, there have been many of you sitting here in this sanctuary, and you've not joined this church. You've, 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 you've been feeding, you've been getting the, the, the food and the nourishment, and I thank God for you doing that. But it's time for you now to make a commitment. And the good news is, is that the pressure is off now. You don't have to come in front of anybody. All you got to do is call that number. Call that number today. Do it right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. And if it's busy, keep calling back. Be like that woman who pressed her way to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Don't stop until you get there. Somebody's waiting to talk to you. God bless you. God keep you. He is our prayer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. I pray that you receive that word. I pray that you make him king and you let him remain king of your life. And listen, next Sunday, y'all, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Now, now, now we're going to be in prayer because we want to do something special. We don't know what that is yet. Some of it depends on things that we cannot control. So just be in prayer for us that as we continue to plan worship services that are edifying to you, that God will use us, use the creative gifts that we have, use the staff that we have. Again, I want to thank our music staff for coming in on yesterday and, and pre-recording all of the music for today's service. Thank you, technical staff, Shannon and Mike. Thank you, Deacon Duvall, for being here this morning. God bless you and God keep you. We love you. Listen, hear me well. Stay safe. Stay home. If you're not essential, if you can, stay safe and stay home. Amen. Amen. Stay safe. Tell your neighbor, stay home. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. Listen, let's pray together. God, our Father, we bless you. We thank you for what we have seen, for what we have heard, and for what we have experienced. We pray now your grace upon us. Thank you for being king. King of kings, Lord of lords. There's none like you. Keep us, O oh God. Heal our land. Bless our officials. Hold our families. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Go in peace.